Welcome to this England Athletics podcast. My name's Alex Seftel. This episode has some particularly useful tips for anyone planning on running a marathon. In fact, there will be a surprise for two runners about to make their London marathon debuts. As unbeknown to them, we invited European champion and distance running legend Joe Pavion to give some great advice. Later in the podcast, you'll get an insight into an England Athletics Talent Day for young athletes. But first, let's get an introduction to Claire Malander and Kate Morris, two friends who love running, who'll take on 26.2 miles after being awarded places for London through their club, Hereford Couriers. I've run for probably 25 years now. Most of that time was just running on my own. And then uh, 2017, I joined Hereford Couriers. Um, just got a bit bored with always running on my own, I suppose, and was starting to fall out of love with it. So I joined the Couriers and it really just reignited everything. My love for running, meeting like-minded people. Um, I'd always done events in the past, but sort of sporadic, really. No sort of direction in my training. Um, but I've done so many more events since joining the club. Got more direction in my training. Being able to co- yeah, cover a lot more miles, really, because running with people is so much more enjoyable than just running on your own. And to you, Kate? Um, So I've been running probably casually for about the last 10 years, and I've been a member of the Couriers for the last four years. So my dad um, was a runner, and I've I've been to watch him in lots of races, and that kind of got me into running. But yeah, since I joined the Couriers, I've just got more into it. There's been more focus in my training, made more running friends, and it's just great to be part of a club running. It's interesting, you both mentioned their direction and focus in training. I mean, how does that actually take shape? Do you think it was the fact that, and this is quite a common thing, that people think less about rest and recovery when running more for fun? Claire? Yes, I think before I used to go out and just run one pace all the time. I've learned so much from talking to different people about how important it is to vary a pace, um, do different types of running and not be afraid of running at a slower pace. Um, yes, how important rest days are. We used to always think I need to be doing something every day. <laughs> Absolutely. And Kate, you mentioned your your dad was a runner. It's so common, I think, in sport that we are inspired by or, or at least motivated to get involved in sport by a family member. Does that connection sort of mean something to you, you know, beyond the kind of coincidence Definitely. I mean, going to watch my dad in races, it's it's brilliant being a spectator, but I always wanted to be involved and do it. And then just making him proud now as well, being a being a courier. He was a courier um, 40 years ago. He joined the club. So, yeah, I feel really, really proud. And hopefully he'll be proud of me. You've met each other through the club as well and become friends also. So that emphasises the social benefit, right, Claire? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. There's just so many great people within the club. And, um, you know, we do social events, not just running, but yeah, yeah, met some great people, haven't we? Yeah, and it's great. The club's great for making friends with people that you wouldn't normally make friends with in your normal life. You meet people who are um, completely different occupations to you, different ages. And I've made some really good friends from being in the club. So tell me at which point you come to be awarded the club's places for the London Marathon then and and kind of what that meant to you at the time. We were invited, well, everyone was invited to apply. Um, There were some stipulations. You had to be a member for over 12 months was one of them. And yeah, as a committee, we got together. Well, unbeknown to me, 
I'm on the committee, but I attended a committee meeting. They'd already had a bit of a, a secret sort of meeting anyway to say that I've got one of the places. We did a ballot that I think Ben did something on online where I don't know, he did, he, spin a wheel. I don't know how he does it. I'm not into IT too much, but spin a wheel on there. And uh, and then Kate's name came out, which I was really pleased about because I knew then that we could obviously start our training together. It was uh, exciting that night. I think I got the phone call from our club secretary, Ben, and I was like, are you sure? Are you really sure? <laughs> There's so many other deserving people in our club. And he was like, we are definitely sure it's yours. And I still can't believe my luck. That was November that I found out. Um, so I just feel really privileged to have this club place. Right. Okay. So November, some time ago, but I'm sure it might it might have gone quite quickly. In fact, tell me about how you feel about attempting the marathon now compared to maybe your feelings some six months ago. I was sort of in disbelief. I remember driving home after finding out, and I kept thinking, I can't, I can't even imagine that I'm going to get there. I, I don't know. I had in my head, it was just like a pipe dream. Still, it was it actually going to happen. Um, and it does seem a big step, even though I've done quite a few half marathons, such a big step then up to a marathon. How would I do it? How would I get there? Um, and then one of the members, Graham from our club, um, he actually put a plan together for me. And that was nice looking through the plan and thinking, actually, yes, it's a you know a gradual process. And, and now we're at this stage. We've done all the training, done a, a few good long races obviously long training runs we've done together as well and yeah it's within reach it, it feels possible now and it's uh, it's very exciting starting in the new year just gradually increasing mileage putting in some tempo runs intervals and just sticking to the plan and making sure we didn't get ill or injured mm. were the main two goals and hopefully we're nearly there <laughs> what's been the hardest part of the training do you think throughout this process I don't know do you know what I've really enjoyed I sound a bit sad to say it, but I've really enjoyed it enjoyed it all I've enjoyed early morning runs that's a you know sparked something new in me I was always an evening runner hard part is obviously you know doing the mileage I yeah. suppose but it's just it's just been great as well at the same time because there's been quite a few in the club who are doing the marathon so there's quite a few of us all running together so it, it's great I couldn't have done half as well I don't think if if I'd been doing it on my own same for me I've really enjoyed the training and it's given me so much structure to my runs I think last year I was just going out and running for the sake of it whereas this year I've had such a purpose with my plan and I think the hardest part for me has actually probably been the last week where I've just (laughs) taken my foot off the gas and I just feel really sluggish and I think it's just my body's way of recuperating hopefully for seven days time. And do you think it makes a difference Claire that you are going into your first marathon or maybe we actually overdo the the sort of hype around the marathon you know you, you've done plenty of mileage versus yourself Kate who, who did do one marathon seven years ago even though I've done one before it was seven years ago and you just you never take that for granted it it's a complete beast a marathon you've got to really respect that distance and I don't think anybody takes it lightly do they no and I think the whole thing with London is everyone talks about the atmosphere it's like oh wow you know the crowds that's what they talk about is is just a whole experience rather than just running the 26.2 miles it's, it's everything it's a whole package I suppose isn't it yeah and so what are you most looking forward to obviously I suppose finishing <laughs> in some ways I really want to enjoy it it's very easy and I've known this from doing so many runs going off too fast and I'm not enjoying it you know I really want to be hold myself back a little bit to start with and you know do all the textbook stuff just making the most of the whole day really 
And what have your maybe club colleagues or, or others given you in terms of advice? It's like when you have a baby, everyone wants to give you advice. So you have to kind of listen to just the bits you want to hear, but just kind of stay focused on your plan and your race as well, because everybody's race is completely different and everyone's got a different goal. It may just be to finish. It may be just to enjoy it. It may be for a certain time. So yeah, talk to like-minded people and stay focused on your, your plan and your goal. And I've written my, my goals down and they've changed quite a lot during, during the training process. Obviously, I want to beat my time that I set in the Manchester Marathon seven years ago. Which was? It was 3.54. So fingers crossed. And Claire? Yeah, I mean, again, enjoy it. Um, sub four would be great. Anything less than 3.50 would be amazing. But sub four is the main goal, I think. It's really interesting. We're talking about what advice that we can get and speaking to like-minded people. And I'm delighted to say that uh, Joe Pavey is joining us. Who better? Hello. <laughs> Morning, Joe. Oh, hello, Joe. <laughs> Very unexpected. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm so thrilled to be able to talk to you. How's it all going? Oh, thank you. We're just in the final stages of, of just trying to keep our heads nice and focused now. All the marinoia is kicking in, yeah. oh. <laughs> which I'm told is normal. <laughs> <laughs> How's all your training gone then? Is it gone all right? Yeah, really well, I yeah, think, isn't it? All gone to plan, yeah. Oh, lovely. So have you got all your strategies worked out, your pacing and everything? We think so. Yeah, this is what we were just talking about just before we came on the call, actually. And I was saying, I think I'm going to write down on my hand where I want to be at 5k, 10k and half. And then the plan is a negative split, hopefully. So fingers crossed. Any advice would be gratefully received. <laughs> that sounds um, really sensible, the negative split idea. I know most PBs are run when people have done a negative split because you can lose so much time if you overcook it in the first half and end up dramatically slowing down. You lose so much time. And I even found that when I did my first marathon. I listened to loads of advice. I worked out my pacing and then... I did get overexcited by the occasion and I just went for it and um, ran the second half a lot slower and missed out on a quicker time. But it definitely taught me a lot and I was able to use what I'd learned for my second marathon. I felt like I was more in control then. I felt like I paced it more sensibly and um, in a way it just made it a more pleasant experience as well. I think the first time I ran a marathon, the first half was like, okay, and then the last 40 minutes I felt a bit... Like I was just literally just trying to get my body to that line rather than being in control of what I was doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, pacing is really important. So if you kind of work out what pace you want to run, hopefully you've got that from training and stuff and be quite strict with that because it does feel easy to begin with, doesn't it? And it's surprising how it catches Yeah, you. it shouldn't be hard to slow down, but it is, isn't it? You feel fresh and the excitement and, yeah. you know, when you talk to non-runners and you say, oh, I need to make sure I run slow to start with, they say, well, isn't that easy? But it, it's so much harder than when you talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I found that when I was um, doing my first marathon that even at halfway, I thought, oh, this is all right. I'm going to, you know, hopefully get the time I'm looking for. And then mm. literally by 18 to 20 miles, I was really struggling and they say don't they you're meant to be kind of ready to think about racing (laughs) sort of around the 20 mile mark and um, obviously fueling's important have you thought about your fueling strategies 
yeah yeah yeah, we've practiced that a lot we've been wearing like a little running bout Claire wears two which always makes me laugh oh that's only in training to hold my phone but I'm not taking that on a race that's been important to me I've realized that I can't just take a gel because I sort of get a high and then crash I've literally got to empty them all into a squeezy bottle and just sip it all the way around and that works for me then just keeps me obviously at a level and I don't have to open them which I find hard as well as I'm running so yeah, it's just trying all these different things out, isn't it? Yeah. I tried eating, I couldn't get on with that either. <laughs> no. The London Marathon starting a little bit later. I think our start time's like 12 minutes past 10, to be precise. I and mean, a lot of our training runs have been like thirsting in the morning. So I was thinking I'm probably going to be running through my lunch. So that's the only thing I'm going to have to kind of change a little bit. You on can't the stop and have lunch. <laughs> I don't think you'll feel like having lunch. <laughs> no, but maybe just feel a little bit more before. Yeah, definitely. It's good to think about that. And obviously have something beforehand that you've tried and tested because um, sometimes people think oh that's what I've read somebody else has and they have that and it it doesn't suit them so it's really important to practice what you've had as your pre-race snack Um, that's really important and and warm up have you thought about your warm-up and what you might do yeah we were just talking about this actually because Claire does some stretches before and I was saying oh, I'm looking forward to watching you do that in Greenwich Park next oh <laughs> when I'm at home before I leave the house I do glute bridges but of course when you're there in the the pen you can't really lie on well I suppose you could lie on the concrete and do all that so I've got a band that I use to sort of stretch my glutes because I just need to warm those up that's the main thing for me yeah yeah and do some sort of just a bit of running up and down really to get everything the blood flowing get everything working yeah that that's important isn't it to think about um the fact that it's such a long way and the warm-up's very different to if you're doing like a 5k or you're going to a park run trying to get a good time or something because um you know you're going to have to preserve those glycogen stores and if you do too much warm-up you're Mm -hmm. kind of wasting the storage of energy that you've got and I know when I've warmed up for a marathon I've done it quite differently to when I've done my shorter races because I'm not trying to get my body so firing that when the gun goes off it's like that's it you know you've got a long way to go so it's kind of not overdoing it but I think also in the warm-up you can kind of get a feel to whether there's any specific tightnesses in your body like I want to use the warm-up to think okay I think I'm like you say if your glutes and that I think I might need to stretch my calf muscle or something but um these days people don't recommend do they doing prolonged stretching of things it's a lot to do with dynamic activation of the muscles so you do sort of stretches in a more dynamic yeah. way because if you stretch for too long in a static way you can actually make the muscles less ready to run and a bit more sort of lengthened and you want them sort of primed for action more so so it's kind of that but not again not overdoing it and using it as a chance to sort of check your body out feeling like everything's ready and of course the toilet stops are always a thing on the warm-up working out are you gonna have to queue for the toilet and things like that it's quite difficult in such a big race um to worry about that it definitely is for me anyway yeah it is mad isn't it you end up going quite a few times or thinking you need to and then the gun goes off and you don't think about it again (laughs) what about the fact that Normally, we'd say practice makes perfect with most other things in life, right? But it's not like you, you can just practice the marathon 10 times before you do it. I mean, psychologically, that must be quite a challenge. The fact you're going into something that even if you were experienced, you wouldn't do 10 times yeah, a year. True. I think that's why so much goes into the planning, doesn't it? And it's, I think Kate will agree, it's all we're thinking about at the moment. Yeah. We text each other and we say, oh my God, I dreamt of this last night. And 
I keep talking to my family about this and Kate said I think my family want to evict me because it, yeah. it's just totally it on your mind your you life. can't go and practice it yeah no you can't yeah it's just such a massive undertaking you can't go into it light-hearted can you no. you've got to respect it and I think um you know on that point as well is that you do have your pacing strategies you do have nutrition strategies but you do have to listen to your body because you know you've got to sort of think okay um this is what I think I can achieve but on the day you might be feeling a little bit tired at some point and it's it's having that perception of listening to your body to get your best performance as well but um we do need to mention like what a wonderful experience it is as well to run the London Marathon I mean it's one of those things isn't it to tick off in life that you've done and um yeah there is the preparation and um all the stresses but you've got to soak up the atmosphere and enjoy it because it is amazing and I think seeing that sort of scene on tv with people running down the mouth to be able to do that yourself it's quite surreal yeah. and I just remember trying to um soak that up even though it was um you know something that I did when I felt exhausted obviously running down <laughs> that last but I still tried to soak up wow I'm actually getting to run down the mile at the London Marathon and all the crowd atmosphere all the music along the way and all the sort of camaraderie of everyone else taking part it's really something to savour and enjoy as well I'm sure you will yeah yeah and then um the taper obviously is something that's really important I know you're so close to the race now and I think it's so important to not cram in any last minute tough training the taper is so important whatever like sometimes people have the danger of thinking oh I've missed that last session I wanted to do I need to do it anyway otherwise I'm going to lose my confidence it's all about resting and but keeping the legs ticking over you know you don't want to do no running at all between now and the race but you don't want to do things that are going to take a lot of recovery so it's about ticking over keeping the muscles sort of primed for the run but making sure you're you know, tapering right down so that your body can feel better and your muscles are going to be really recovered, ready for race day. And it can get a bit like, oh, I just want to get out for a run. You feel like, oh, no, I don't feel right, not going as far on my runs and things like that. But you mm-hmm. need to taper so that you get the benefit of all the hard work you've put in. Otherwise, by being tired on the day through too much training, you actually waste the stuff you've done over the weeks that you've been preparing. So that's really important too. Yeah, definitely. I think we've both found that this has been the hardest bit, the taper. I'm just missing all the endorphins from our long runs. And it's just so strange when your body's used to pushing itself, then to just take your foot off the gas and and rest, isn't it? So, yeah. Have you done any um, races in the lead up at all? We did a 20 mile race, didn't we? Yeah. So about four weeks ago. So that was really good. It was really good. I think mental preparation as well. Yeah, we paced that well as well yeah. so everything went went to plan yeah we were passing a lot of people the last few miles which yeah you know felt amazing so we remember that feeling and that's what we want to yeah. experience it at London yeah oh that should give you a lot of confidence the fact that you realized that you were actually coming through at the end yeah makes you realize how worthwhile the holding back to start with is and how important it is I think it's it's really instilled that yeah definitely. definitely do you do all your training together then um we've done our long runs together a lot of long runs in the week we do our own stuff because of work and well we sometimes meet at club runs don't we yeah but yeah where we can definitely the long runs together and some others from the club as well so we've had a a sort of a Sunday social and a few others doing charity places as well through various charities doing London so yeah they've been meeting it's it's created quite a nice weekend social group and it makes the miles go quicker as well doesn't it running together 
Yeah, and you must feel really chuffed running for your club as well. That's like you'd be out there. So yeah, privileged, yeah, really so privileged. privileged. There's so many deserving people in the club and um, just want to make everybody proud. And yeah, that's the main thing. No, they'll all be like willing you on. And are you thought about what shoes you're running in? Is in, will you be running in super shoes? What, what have you chosen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got vapor flies, but I had to, I realised that actually my feet swell a lot more on the longer runs so the vapor flies I was using for my halves and 10ks um they're actually rubbing my toes so I've had to invest in another pair of vapor flies another half size bigger um but again you learn these things you know through the races and the training that you do and then Kate has then said well hang on I haven't I got race shoes yeah <laughs> I didn't know about these race shoes till I went to the 20 mile race and realized that everybody else had like one or three pairs of shoes on um, so it was too late for me to change. I'm just sticking with my faithful um, ASICs and, and going with them. Yeah, I never got to do a race in super shoes during, you know, the main part of my career. And um, just watching all the races and, you know, it's shown how it's rewriting the record books. But at the same time, I think you're wise if you're not used to them because they are a different thing, aren't they? You almost have to learn how to run in them. And um you know it's not always a good idea to wear them if you haven't worn them before so I think that's really sensible because um, there is a lot more movement goes on in the foot isn't there as well and you can feel that up in your knees and hips sometimes so it's definitely something to get used to but but yeah it's a different world nowadays all the yeah. shoes all the tracking GPS and, and everything there's so much goes into it but you know with all the tracking it really adds to that camaraderie doesn't it yeah it does isn't it and yeah. you, you feel like you're almost there really yeah. it's, it's a great part I think the only drawback I think is, is that I'm so excited for Claire and I want to track Claire but obviously <laughs> yeah. I'll be running so I won't be able to well, yeah we'll have to track each other so when we finish we can look at our phone to see how the others got on we've been through so much together haven't you yeah. so it makes sense like the emotion there of your friendship and and everything it was mentioned Claire I think that you said that you had a dream about the marathon we've been thinking about it and what about in terms of sleep routine between now and the race doing just enough to take your mind off it and make sure you are well rested of course you've been to many major championships in which you're in the real buzz of that environment and even between qualification and the actual final any advice on on sleep routines that's a good point, isn't it? Getting into a routine. But the other thing is to get as rested as possible, um, but not to worry about that night before, because inevitably you've got to get up very early anyway to do everything you need to do um, to get ready and to get there on time, obviously. But that's the night not to worry about. It's about the nights going in, because when you go to bed the night before the race, obviously sometimes it can be difficult to sleep because you're thinking about it, you're um, sort of anticipating the fact that you've got such a big day when you get up. But if you're more organised, that is going to help you sleep, making sure that you've worked out um, how you're going to get there, what time you need to be there, um, what clothing you want when you're there. You might want stuff that you can discard. Um, I know a lot of people do that and it's taken to charities and things like that. And um, just working out how much time you want for warm up. You're thinking about you know, the days going in, where are you going to have your evening meal? Are you going to be able to get access to the foods that you want to eat? You don't want to go out to a restaurant somewhere and find that everything there is going to be something that could upset your stomach. So thinking about all these things and maybe you just can't naturally get as much sleep, but also thinking about your whole lifestyle leading into race day. You don't want to think, oh, I'm not training, so I'll just go shopping all day and be on my legs all day. And of course, going to the expo, 
at the London Marathon, you know, there could be a lot of things you want to look at, but it's limiting the time on your legs because that's what's um, a danger of making your legs really tired for race day. And just generally going in, if you do too much sort of socialising, having too many commitments of things you've got to do, it's all in all adds to not being your best and not as rested for that big day. So it's kind of the whole picture. But on the day you'll need to get up early obviously so make sure you get up early enough to be able to have your pre-race meal and to get hydrated as well because you don't want to be downing loads of fluids really close to the race it's probably more sensible to not drink huge amounts after an hour and a half before the race in the last hour and a half it's kind of better to have sips only and particularly in that last hour to sort of try and prevent um toilet stops as much as possible but as long as you're well hydrated up to then you don't want to not have time to have a um, good amount of fluid in the morning and obviously to digest the pre-race snacks it's about um being organized being prepared having your kit laid out the night before and all those sorts of things help with the sleep as well but don't worry about that night before i think it's inevitable that everyone on the start line is going to have had less than a good night's sleep there because just getting up early in the first place is going to cause that but yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, I think it's just really important to get to bed early and just keep a consistent routine. So getting up at the same time, going to bed at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, uh, one guy from our club actually takes um, sleeping tablets. And I thought, oh, I couldn't do that. I'd never wake yeah, up. But it seems to work for him. I think he just has a little bit and he gets off to sleep and it, it works. But I think, oh, God, I wouldn't want to no. try that. Yeah, I've heard of lots of different things. I wouldn't risk that. Because <laughs> no. you would think that there's a huge chance of having some after effects of a sleeping tablet when you're actually trying to run the race (laughs) yeah no so that's not on my list but uh yeah it works for him but yeah I think we've resigned ourselves to to knowing that yeah that night before it's um yeah probably not going to be the eight hours that we'd like to get normally yeah and things like blisters and things you need to be ready to think about do I need to take strategies for that I used to tape the bottoms of my feet but I'm not saying that's good for everybody but for me it worked because I used to use really strong tape but you'd have to be careful of that because the tape has to be a tape that doesn't move of course if it moved under your feet that would cause worse problems but a lot of people you know wearing those double-layered socks or they're using Vaseline and you might need Vaseline around your running tops and your shorts that sort of thing but I think if you've done a 20 mile event you've probably experienced the fact that what could happen in a very long distance and with your training runs but yeah it sounds like you're really well organized so that's brilliant (laughs) so Kate and Claire some final thoughts from you in view of as well having had the chance to speak to Joe and maybe some confidence you you might have gained from from this conversation yeah I think it's taking all the advice on on board especially from Joe who's got so much experience and it's nice to know Joe that also you feel exactly as you know we've yeah. been feeling and the nerves and the excitement and what goes through your head of how to plan it I'm even more excited now thank you so much Joe. <laughs> it's been brilliant to talk to you yeah thank you it's uh, it's an honor <laughs> no I wanted to speak to you and like you say with the nerves and that that's natural you you know it's normal to be nervous on race day like even after years of racing I'd still be just as nervous and I think that can actually lead you to a better performance because your mm. body, as long as you can control the nerves and they don't get out of control, the, the nerves can actually lead you to being really ready for that good performance mm. that you want to do. But um, so many people 
want to run the London Marathon and it's a thing that I've known people try for many years and not get in that place and it is such an amazing event and um, you've trained hard you've done everything you can to get ready when you stand on that start line you just think right I'm going to seize this opportunity and try and get a, a good run in but also just whatever happens just make sure you soak up the atmosphere and and take it in and enjoy it because it's something that you'll have memories for you know forever and it's really um, going to be an amazing day so I wish you loads of luck but I'm sure you're going to do really really well and but most will enjoy it and you know I've really really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks to Kate and Claire thank you to Joe. best of luck for the race Joe. so glad you could join us to give some advice. Thank you very much Joe. Thank you. No thank you really enjoyed it. Look out for us in all red vests when you're watching telly. <laughs> 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 Fabulous stuff from Jo Pavey. What a treasure she is. Now, as I mentioned at the start, it's time to hear from some young hopefuls coming through the England Athletics Youth Talent Pathway. In a moment, you'll hear from 17-year-old thrower Isaac Delaney. But first, James Webb caught up with 18-year-old 400-metre runner Etty Sisson. The Youth Talent Programme has just helped me in so many aspects. So not only do I get to train with the best athletes and the best coaches in the country, but I also get so much more support, whether it's nutrition, psychology, all the educational parts of it. So as part of the DICE programme, we'll get a diploma with it, which is an amazing opportunity. And also parents and coaches, they can come down, they can speak to the coaches, get advice on how to just make our training and everyday life so much better. It was one of my first main things as an athlete, my first main achievements to get onto it. So I was just really excited to be part of it and to be able to train with athletes here and just improve my athletics, take it to the next levels really exciting. You have some success recently. Tell us about uh, your trip with the GB team. Yeah, so in February I got selected to compete an under 20 DNA competition in Madrid and I was part of the mixed 4x4 relay and it was really exciting. We won and we won as a team overall so it's a great experience. And today, just tell us what you're doing today. What's the emphasis of being part of the camp? So today we had some training so we did a little training session and it's just working with the coaches, working on technique and how to improve even more and make sure we're doing everything correctly and then Later we've got some testing to make sure we've improved and see our progress and see where we're at. What are your hopes for the season? So this year it's under 20 Europeans in Jerusalem and I'm, my main aim is 400 metres to compete at that and also in the relay. I'd like to bring a medal home so we'll see what happens. And how's your winter training? How's that gone? Winter training's gone very well, it's been very hard, very tough but it's gone very well and I'm excited for the next season. So I competed towards the end of the 2021 season. I'm in my second year of the two now. Had a couple of decent throws. A couple of the people who run YTP were here and they were like, yeah, Isaac, the youth talent programme is exactly what you should be going into. You know, that's how you progress as an athlete. Then I applied, got in and yeah, I've just been reaping the benefits of it since. What do you get from it as a programme? Yeah, for me, well, there's a theory side and there's a practical side. So when it comes to the theory side, there's a lot on careers besides athletics, because you can't put all your eggs in one basket and they're very pivotal in telling us that, which is, I think I'm very appreciative for. I always plan to um, go into either a working life or athletics, you know, it's not like one or the other ever screamed at me. Uh, and on the practical side, I mean, you just look around, like simple as that. You don't get this anywhere else in the UK, so it's a privilege to receive such training facilities as these. Uh, my grandparents get to come along and they get to see some of um, some of what uh, the coaches are doing, some of the best coaches in the country. 
they don't have a history in athletics. So them hearing some of that, they can then pass it on to me when I'm training. They're down with me at my training and they're just like, oh, listen, this person said this and this. And then that reminds me, keeps me going. And it's just, it's nice to have them here, not just to see me progress, but also to facilitate my progression as well. It's pivotal, you know, not only because you get all these experiences, but you get people who have experienced that as well. And they pass on that knowledge. And that is very important, understanding where you're going, especially for someone like me whose family had no history in athletics and we came knowing nothing. And then when I went on to internationals, I felt ready straight away. So why wait for the internationals to get a kick in the face when you can just learn it here? But also at a world-class venue, Loughborough, um, you get to see obviously Jasmine Soares is here, Harry Koppel here, so athletes have gone on to compete for, for GB. How does that feel for you to see them in action? Do you learn from them and see what they're up to as well? It's a bit mind-blowing. As a thrower, you've got Lawrence Okoye in the discus cage. I've seen a couple of times while we're down here. Just seeing that mindset, not only the physical ability, but the mindset, although the physical ability is mind-blowing in itself. But what they think, how they approach their training is very important. And I think it's very eye-opening for us all as athletes to see what we want to become, what they're doing. And then not only can we take on what they're doing, but we can personalise it to ourselves and improve on it further from that. So from here, what are your hopes for the season coming up, outdoor season? Season coming up, uh, qualify for Europeans is the most important thing. I want to get that off as soon as I can. Um, enjoy the season, stay as healthy as possible is probably the biggest win as many titles as I can from county to national level and uh, yeah fundamentally not so much results side but the most important other than that like I said enjoy myself have a good time with some of the great people that I get to compete with. That's Preston's Isaac Delaney following Charnwood's Etty Sisson. Let's get a parent perspective too. Here's Jeff Grinstead whose son Zach is a thrower from Luton preceded by Leslie and David Reed, the mum and dad of multi-eventer William. The youth talent programme has been great for William. Um, it's allowed him to get a diploma, which has meant UCAS points. The improvement in his confidence, his ability over the past two years has been immense um, to medal him nationally. Um, so it's been great for him. As a parent, to see Will obviously progressing, what does it mean for you to see that as well, what he's got from it? It's been great because he generally he's a quiet lad and the longer he's been on the programme, the more it's brought him out of his shell, he interacts a lot more and it's, it's certainly improved his confidence and also his ability in all the meetings that he's been to. You give talent programme days specifically, the, the throwing days like these, <laughs> highly beneficial for the athletes um, and the coaches because we get a second viewpoint on what the athlete's doing we get keyed up with different coaching techniques um, we get aligned into the, the way um, UK and, and England athletics look at the throws themselves although I've been taught by some very good coaches over the years I've learned some real different stuff here um, and I think it benefits the athletes because they, they, they're with coaches that some of the younger ones especially they're, they're not that much older so they can relate to, whereas a lot of the coaches are my sort of age. The indoor, the use of the facilities here at Loughborough are fantastic and being able to throw in an indoor circle is something we haven't got to um, so We're out in the winter in the snow and the ice and everything trying to throw. Um, we get to come here and it can, it can do repetitive drills and throws inside and then we go outside and use the circles here, which again are some of the best circles in the country, to be honest. Really interesting to hear from those who took part in the Talent Day. More information on our talent programmes can be found on the England Athletics website.
That's it for this month's podcast. Thanks for listening and goodbye.